0: What's going on welcome into the Monday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. The Pelicans coming off a huge win last night over the Houston Rockets, 130-105. to Still remain in the 10th spot in the Western Conference play-in race. Joining me as always is Jim Eichenau for Pelicans.com. We have a really special guest for you to start off the week, Chris Conner. You all know him from Twitter spaces, keeping Pels Nation intact through thick and thin. He's been behind it throughout this entire time, getting guys like Kendrick Perkins on spaces. I mean, Antonio Daniels is a regular, Will Giller, you name it. Um, If you're missing out on spaces, then you're really missing out on some quality Pelican stock. And he joins me today here. You can call him on Twitter at impatient bull. What's up, Chris? Good to talk to you. How are you, man?
1: Man, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. I, I, um, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I thought to myself, it's been a so my name on Twitter now is is Cancun Chris. I was gonna
0: bring it up because that. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> because literally, and Jim, I don't know if you noticed, but a day before we were supposed to we were supposed to have this uh, we were supposed to do this when I was when I was in Mexico, and you know I told I told Daniel I was like all right well let me know when you promote it. And he was like you know what typically don't because things happen. I literally lo- I literally my phone died in Cabo Water that day. And I was like, okay, it all makes sense. Um, so it's good to know that none of that could get in, stand in our way today.
0: No, absolutely. No, that's that's one of the things I don't want to risk because you never know what could happen before we tape this. So I always want to make sure we have taped it before we promote. But this has been a long time coming, as you mentioned. And, and look, let's start with kind of the background of your, your Pelicans fandom. Um, did you grow up in New Orleans? I guess when did your Pelicans fandom begin?
1: Man, I go back to – Day one, the first, the first game when um, when the Hornets moved to New Orleans, uh, I believe that first game was Utah. Uh, I, from my memory, I believe I was in the building. It was either that night or the next night they were handing out, they were handing out PJ Brown uh, bobbleheads. Like I mean, that's pretty much why what, what I started at, um, just watching that team dating back to Baron Davis and company, and kind of just. You know, moving with the team from there. Um, Before that, I was a—I mean, everybody was a Jordan fan, right? And then Jordan retired, and I kind of went to Kobe, you know, and you know, and Shaq, and during their run in LA. But as soon as New Orleans got a team, like all that was over with, you know. Um, And man, I've been riding with the the team, the people, and uh, the fan base pretty much ever since. Yeah. How was your how do you think the city
0: has evolved having a basketball team since O2 when the team came? Obviously, things are a little bit different than it was back in O2. Obviously, new team name, new ownership, you name it. It's been different. Um, but there's been some ups and downs. It's, it's you know not going to lie. There's been some ups and downs as far as throughout this you know last 20 years or so. But how have you seen the fans evolve as far as keeping an eye on the Pelicans, going to games and really
1: supporting this team? Well, you know, I think in the beginning, man, um in you know, you're in that period to where you you're just happy to have a basketball team again. Right. It it had been so long since, you know, the New Orleans Jazz were a thing. So I mean, people would just, you know, you go around the city, man, people, people hoop, man. They play they play basketball all over all over the place. I mean, it's just out outside, inside, like that's the truth. So, you know, so that's why like it's always funny when people say like, you know, New Orleans isn't a basketball city. Yeah, sure it is. Like it, it may be more of a more of a saint city right now now but I mean we're talking about a you know it's been uh, in existence for you know a lot longer than the Pelicans being in New Orleans. So I mean um but yeah I mean I think you know you started off in that honeymoon phase, the way you're just happy to have a have a franchise and then you know with that over time people start to you know expectations come come with that as a as a franchise as a you know what it's supposed to look like how does it represent the city um you know, how, how relatable is it and how serious is the organization? And, you know, from marketing to what they put on the floor, you know, how serious are they, are they towards, um you know, a situation that they want you to spend money and commit to. And I mean, it's been a, it's been a crazy, you know, a crazy ride, man. I think, you know, you go from, you go from Baron Davis to, to Chris Paul, and then you go from Chris Paul to Anthony Davis, like, and now you know this current this current regime, uh, you know with you know with Zion and Bi and you know and company. Um, it's just it's 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 been such a such a weird run with so many twists and turns and bad luck and, um, but 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 also moments of you know that you'll you know that you'll never forget. Uh, you know that made you certain type of way or or they made you feel great like you know we talking like you know the portland pelicans playoff series of, of a few years ago um but yeah man i mean i think that i think over time especially with the you know advancements to like you know to social media i mean let's you know let's be honest the fans they have been trying to hold the guys accountable right and one of the only ways that they, you know, that they can do it is through is through outreach. I think that there's been somewhat of a disconnect uh in a lot of different ways over time. But I think over over the past pretty much post post AD, uh Gail has has done, I would say, all that the most that I've seen uh ownership do in trying to change things. So it's not always gonna look pretty you know, uh, the fans still may disagree with, you know, with the uniforms. We still might not like some of the commercials. We still have, I mean, there's still things that, that could change, but the effort is there from, um, you know, just the way even now the social media team is now. And, uh, I mean, that, that, that Batista video was, you know, it was awesome. Right. You know, after the jazz win, but, you know, just stuff like that connecting with people, what, uh, the, the, uh, event on the 26th, against the Spurs right beforehand with the media and the fans, like that's going to be dope. Um, I just think, you know, things like that, trying to figure out things from, you know, from music to just how do you connect both sides in combination with building a good team? It, it feels like this time is different. And I think that just comes from, as a city, we're where t- like <laughs> somebody somebody mentioned to me the other day, they was like, yo, um, for whatever reason, New Orleans people They'll talk about each other, but they don't let outsiders talk about them. And I think eventually, that's where things started to change. The outside, the outside pressure, the outside, uh, you know, negatives, the constant criticism that came from the outside, the people that just didn't know hundred percent what was going on, and would just say whatever came to their mind. Eventually, it brought people together in an odd way, and now it seems like on the other side of things, um, there's a lot of positive things coming in combination with that. So you know, it feels like. You know we're finally reaching a point to where um you know identities and um things move in the right direction i mean at least you know we hope
0: absolutely we'll, we'll get to the kind of the national narrative versus the local media uh in a little bit with jim after this question but i do want to talk about before we really get going here is just talk about how space has evolved for you um and this fan base when did you decide that you wanted to get this going and, and kind of talk about how it's blown up a little bit. I mean, it's been amazing to see all those people after games, before games, off days, come together. And I don't know if it was based on the fact that the national media had something to say about this team throughout the season or if this was just something that came to mind to you for a way for Pelicans fans to interact. Kind of how did this evolve
1: into what it is today? You know, every time somebody asks me this, I, I give them a different answer because it's not – it's 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 really not just one thing. I mean, I try to I try to put it into like one basket, but it's it was difficult, right? Like, um, I grew up listening to radio shows, post games, right? Um, you know, no matter who was, who was on the radio. That's, that's what I knew, right? Car rides, whether or car rides, car rides to school, after school, whatever the case may be. That was a big part of like what, what we had like growing up, right? So, um, there's which that connection with the advancements of technology and podcasts that, that, that part is missing, right. That, that active fan base connection daily. Um, while it's prevalent, it's not, it's not like it used to be. Um, so that was one part of it. The second part of it is me just, you know, um, me seeing a, seeing a line there and something that you know, i felt like i could be i could be part of and i could do well um i saw over the off season not just the off season but getting back to uh last year's playoffs i saw the spaces really kind of kind of take take a hold of like the nba community and it, it, it just felt like a a great platform versus having somebody click on something and go to a uh, you know to another you know another app or whatever if you could click on the top of your screen if you're already on Twitter anyway and we know the whole that's what has on people's lives if you just click up there and join in regards to just you know the city uh and the pelicans man it just I wanted to give a different voice um and you know I my background's a little you know a little unique because you know I you know I have a bunch of different different media friends I mean I've been to media days, you know, I've, I've, I've written about the team. I've talked about the team for going on like five years now in combination with being a fan since they arrived. So that's one side of it, but you know, you want to, I just wanted to bring people together, man. I got tired of just constantly being, you know, feeling like, you know, we were a joke. I got tired of like, you know, we, you know, the the team was like an afterthought. I got tired of bad, terrible narratives coming out all the time. And I knew that people weren't going to stop watching. Like, no matter what, even when the team was 1 in 12, when we, were, when we were having them shows, people were still watching. It's okay. Even if this is just therapy. Because <laughs> there was a part during the, during the offseason, Daniel and Jim, to where every day something negative was coming out. And it was no, there was nothing that you could do to jump in front of it. Was just, and then once the national heads get on it, now you start talking about other ignorant things. Team needs to move. The team need, needs to relocate. They don't care about basketball. They don't know what they're doing. You know, old things about medical staffs and things that aren't, you no, know, that have been updated and changed that people can just type on, type on their computer, Google and look up and be good with. Um. So yeah, I mean, you know, maybe some of it was just rebellious, but I mean, if we being able to get two, three, 400 people that love the team from the city, from the region, that all passionately care about the direction of the franchise for a place in which people said, didn't have a fan base, that was important to me to like show, yo, we do have, and that's beyond just the Pels 12 and, you know, and, and, you know, and things like that, you know, and but um I just think for me it was to show like yo know, like like we're not we're not with what, what they're saying, right? That's not this fan base. This, you know, this isn't we're unique and we're unique in a sense, uh, we're frustrated, but here's what it really looks like. People do know basketball and do care about the Pelicans, and here's why. And when we were one and, and when the team was one and twelve and people kept showing up, I said, all right, eventually this is gonna turn around. And When it does, it's going to be amazing. here And now you get to, you know, you get to places where, um, you know, you got three or four hundred people, you know, outpacing certain Laker uh spaces shows that appear or, or allegedly have a great fan base. And I can relate to, including the part about,
2: I think sometimes I use this podcast as my therapy of what way to get through sure. things when things aren't going too well. Um, also, I uh, I mean, I think some of the stuff that you talked about too is kind of symbolic of this experience that's been here where it's like perseverance and resiliency is a big part of the equation because we, as you said, there's been a lot of bad luck. There's been things that have happened, you know, especially that are out of things that you mentioned I was going to quickly bring up too was uh, I know you mentioned that you turned your, your life around since then though. so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, you know, I, I didn't, didn't know. Just when you think about the fan base and you think about kind of galvanizing like here, um, how much do you think about 2008 or, or 2018 in terms of just the way that that experience was like, I mean, to me, that's one of the things that I, I think about sometimes of what,
1: was capable what was it? what could be done ended up branching off of being being a laker fan and and immediately can like connecting with the city like okay i'm dropping everything i have once the city has a team Mm -hmm. but there are people that are different right there are people that didn't drop right they didn't if maybe maybe if if the team would have been able to have um you know consistent playoff runs two three four in a row you know maybe you get to steal some of those fans but You know, I think that in combination with just how long the team has been here and just all the different the different things that have happened to kind of make people hold their head down, you know, and it just it's tough to it's tough to keep to to keep people there during the bad times. Uh, we got, we have enough diehards that are, you know, that's clear that no matter what happens are gonna, you know, are gonna ride with the team, the franchise, the city or whatever. That's just, that's just how they're, you know, how they raise, how they are. But everybody isn't like that, but you can see to your point, Jim, 08, 2018, and not just, and not just 08, during that whole, that whole period with Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, David West, them, like, like those games were full. Like the fans were there. You know, you know, they had traditions, right, of not, of not sitting down into the first and, you know, into the, you know, the Hornets scored their first field goal. Like, you know, things like that, people, people often forget. Now, um, will we like it to be, you know, like this perfect kind of, kind of situation where even, even when the team is struggling, the fans are there, sure. But, you know, I mean, look at, look at the attendance in a lot of other places. There are a lot of other markets that some of them have, have winning teams. Memphis, for example, they have second best record in the in the entire NBA. And I think as of a few days ago, we're actually below New Orleans and you know average attendance. So I mean, like, like there's no there's no game plan on how to on how to do this properly. As long as you know that, okay, these people will show up and they will buy in, but it's on everything and everybody, not just the people on the floor, just the the entire franchise, the entire organization to tie people in. And that's what that was one of the things that I wanted to do. You know, find a way even through this because I know I'm not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So, And I know it's a lot of people that are not going, that, that are, you know, along that same mindset of not going anywhere. How do we find a way to keep this thing together? Because, I mean, I think we all felt Willie Green, some of the roster moves, One way or another, this was going to turn around the way where I I didn't have a choice but to believe that, you know, Um, and now I think we're back to approaching that, you know, that that arena and things we, you know, we still haven't seen how everything's going to play out. We still haven't seen a full healthy team yet. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, the examples have been there. And I think now over the past few years, there are other things, so many other things that are in play to kind of add to that. You know, to where you're building a basketball community, a professional, a Pelicans community, and that's something that I don't think consistently we've been able to really hold on to over time.
2: Sure, um, I think I want to get now. I want to get into some of the more fun stuff. One of the yeah. things that you that you talked about was uh, the national media narratives and stuff like that. Um, there might there not might not be a good answer to this, but I, I'm curious. I, I've had this discussion with people before. Um, on what what, what, are, what are your theories on why it seems like people use New Orleans or the Pelicans as like their punching bag sometimes. And it seems like I just get confused sometimes as to why that is. Of Why, why is it that it feels like we're constantly having to defend ourselves and or kind of um, correct things that are put out there that are, that are just flat out wrong? I mean, wh- why is
1: that? it's just easy, you know, it's just yeah. easy. Like, like if you, especially if you are, if you have a national platform and you need content, like all of the things that are going to, and I don't even think it, you know, it, it's not even, like people, even if, if you're not a Pelicans fan, but you like, you really love the game of basketball and you are, um, you know, you do your research with things. Like, I don't even, like the national media, they're, they're, not, they're not attacking, they're not going for them right, they're going for, you know, the, you know, a fan with limited knowledge to maybe someone who's just in the players that will hold on to their narratives and treat it as law, treat it as facts. I think that's really what the ultimate goal is. So that's so easy at that point when you can throw out names immediately that people will, you know, people will remember, oh, Chris Paul, Baron Davis, Anthony Davis, oh, I mean, now um you know Zion Williamson, like those names all they all hold some some kind of weight. And if you can throw in regardless of the context of the situation, right? Because that's what matters to me, that's what matters to us, the context involving all these situations. But if you could just throw out those names and say, okay, well, yeah, you know, you know, they left and this one and this one appears to be upset, he might leave one day too. Oh, okay. Then you can tie that in immediately to to that franchise needing to go in and it not being good. Um you know, and, and I mean, Zion, like, you know, the, today, Zion Williamson is still like, for a guy that's only played, you know, 80-something 80, 80 games, like, you mentioned that name, people are going to tune in and listen. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a lot of things, but I think it's just easy. It's just, it's easy. It's not as easy as, it's not going to sell the same way as saying, is putting out you know sacramento or talking about minnesota you know you know or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be um if you want to talk about bad franchises or you know or, or if you want to talk about players that can end up leaving and maybe coming to one of a, a bigger market in which most of those fans that are that are going to be online that are going to be reacting to it are you know tied to New Orleans just continues to be the you know the place and the uh the circumstance to pick at and the point at. And I think another another aspect of it was we, you know, the we we haven't talked about like the whole the whole Kendrick Perkins spaces thing there. I was one actually of the reasons that we
2: I was about to bring that up.
1: <laughs> but you know, but Jim, you know, the reason that that was so easy to happen is because of the people that were like the community in itself. Like I, I wasn't the only person like saying something to him, inviting him. Everybody was like was on his head. Like, hey, yeah. like, like, yo, not like that's not right, man. That's not factual. Like, why, why would you say that? And that and, and that was just some of the nice things that were said. There were a lot of a lot of mean things that I can't repeat on here that were said. But my point is, is that, you know, people were living off the fact that they didn't believe that the Pelicans had a fan base. Seriously, I, I've been in, in spaces, in shows to where I've heard people say, okay, and uh, fans of teams that are a game and a half ahead of the Pelicans in the stand and say, I don't know what a, what a New Orleans Pelicans fan looks like. I didn't know it existed. They know now. Yeah, I'm not sure who you would be referring to when you
2: say the game and <laughs> a half. I have to, I'll have to no, look I, at the standings and double check that and see you know what I can come up with. So Never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> um no I that that was uh what I was going to ask you next was about Perk so um having covered that um I think last thing for me you you talked about some of the different factors of that have kind of galvanized the fan base and I wanted to bring up Antonio Daniels specifically just because of the stuff that he's done H- how would you describe just kind of the impact that he's made and and I've gone up to him a couple times recently and just been like kind of shook his hand and been like, hey, man, thanks for what you're doing. But how would you um, kind of describe what he's been able to to do this year and the last couple of years that he's been here?
1: I mean, uh, he's – when it comes to being like – mm, it's tough because not only has he been – has he made people smarter when it comes to – like just basketball, right. Just the actual game. Um, he's, he's a relatable face to where if you're someone like me, who's approaching 30, I remember when he actually played basketball. Um, and there's also a sense of like honesty and just, just realism that exists when he speaks on top of passion and like when we're talking brand ambassadors, you normally don't expect them to be you know someone who's a part of your broadcast team but he took it upon himself to at some point highlight okay i've been hearing all the things that are out here but i've played but i played here i've been around i've been in other markets i've been in other areas wait these people do actually care but maybe maybe they don't have the right people that are out there, or they don't have people with the type of reach that I have, that can put that out there. And he just fights, like, like he fights for the place he's a part of. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that made him special as a, well, made him special as a player, and it's making him special in this role because, you know, he's realizing, okay, well, him, him even, one of the reasons that, that the spaces are even, you know, from, from our perspective, the Pelican spaces are, are where they are today is because of his interaction. Him joining early on before the season ever started and we're having a conversation with seven, eight hundred people where I had, you know, we we had only average of the people that were in there, like, you know, maybe a hundred at the time. You know, so his overall interaction and being able to say, okay, well, you know, people like you don't get an opportunity often to ask him certain, certain type of questions and talk about him after the game when he's not at his job. Um, how I mean, how many other how many other organizations or franchises uh, like give their fans that kind of access you know so i mean there's a you know people you know you you get to a point when things are bad is a positive person and sometimes man people just don't want to hear it but you can't replace anything that he's brought to this community and it's important because I've, I've seen, I've seen nothing like it. And I don't even have anything to compare it to for, you know, another team, another organization over time. And it came at the right moment in the right period of time. So watching him go on these national, uh you know, these national shows with Rob Parker and defend uh, whether it be Zion or defend the franchise or correct, you know, or, or correct these, these, uh, you know, Colin Kyle heard, for example, um, it's just, I mean, it's been similar to what we talked about about where where we think like we feel like the or, the direction of the organization is. AD is just an example of how things can just happen at the right time. Like there was not another post post the Anthony Davis fiasco, there was not another person better served to help lead the team and the or, like the just where the franchise is trying to go even in his role, it's not a better person served, I think for that job than him. And I mean, everybody, like you can't, we can't thank him enough. um, Cause it's been big for, you know, everybody from the fans to, I think you ask the players too, you know?
0: No, no doubt about that. I mean, that was very well said as far as what Antonio brings to the table, not only as a broadcaster, but as a person as someone that does love to educate not only the Pelicans fan base, but the national fan base, because as you mentioned, the narrative sometimes, and the word I use is described as laziness. You know, whenever people throw out the words of relocation, it's just an easy thing for them to do, as you mentioned, but laziness too, because none of them want to do the research on, you know, the succession plan for this team and things like that. So it's just easier just to put that out there. But when other platforms promote what these people say and everyone gets out there and they don't pay attention to the local media, And that's where it kind of gets out of hand. So the spaces that you all do here, I don't think you realize how much of an impact it has, um, not only on this community, but of course, the national fan base as far as the Pelicans. And with that, I want to wrap up with this kind of this question. What would your message be to this fan base? Because look, I feel like this is at this time right now, I'm seeing so much passion from this fan base, no matter what the numbers are in the spaces, which they're really good. But you're seeing with Twitter interactions, you're seeing it with podcasts, you're seeing the amount of people that cover this team with the Andrew Lopez, the Guillory's, Christian Clarks, but the bird rights, bird shots, all the podcasts that are out there, the spaces that are out there. What would your message be to this fan base right now, as this team is fighting for a playoff spot?
1: Uh, just to, just to realize that even, even when things are going good, like, you know, stay even, like it's going to, there's going to be, you just finish, you know, one of the better winning streaks, or the one, one of the more exciting win streaks that the franchise has ever had. Okay, I mean, just when I'm talking energy, like it just winning, winning those those four games in a row. When you when you go into context of them and, and just all the different you know surrounding things, CJ McCollum, so on and so forth. Um, and then you go right back. Bi's out. CJ has COVID. You know. And things end up you know what they lose what three four in a row just to turn that around um my message would be to stay even, like a part of this road it's not it's like it's not gonna be it's not gonna be all good, it's not gonna be all bad, I mean, but that's like that's what life is, right so but those that are able, i think, during this past to stay like to stay even, you're gonna be looking at a situation where um you get more good times than bad that's what it feels like that's what it feels like with the foundation that's been laid with you know from coaching and some of the things that they that they try to do with the front office some of the moves that they made adding a guy like cj welcoming zion back at some point you know some of the surrounding factors brandon ingram's emergence uh everything's there it just it may not it may not happen as quickly as we want it to you may not be able to compare it to something right away and some days it's gonna be ugly. Some days you know you know you know you're gonna lose a game that you probably that you probably are not supposed to, or, or certain things are gonna happen that remind you of things from the past. When it comes to guys not being available during during crucial periods, but something about this time feels different. So I mean, I, you know, it, it might be corny to say, but state of course, like I I really feel like this this situation is going to be different. It was made to be different. For sure. Um, so everybody, you know. <laughs> You know, you we can't we can't be a part of the bandwagon when times are just when times are just good or when times just you know when it feels right. Stay the course. It's gonna be ups and downs, but what we all want, I think, from a level of consistency, I think is on its way. Chris, I ain't to cut you off. We're right at the buzzer
0: here before the Zoom lets you go. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk about you more here in a little bit. But thanks for the time, Chris. We'll see it again.
1: Appreciate you guys.
0: Sorry, my Zoom says less than a minute. I didn't want it to end with it cutting you off. So, <laughs> good stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Let me know if you ever need anything with spaces and um, love to have it on again, man. I will, Dan. Uh, hit me anytime, bro. All right. That's Chris Connor. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Impatient Bull right now. He's Cancun. Chris, I'll let him discuss why that is the case on Twitter. But, uh, Jim, I mean, we were, we were trying to get Chris for a little bit here and I'm glad we were able to do so just because. It is nice to see the fan base and how it's come together through the good and the bad. And there's been a lot of both throughout this season with the early struggles to what we saw at the all-star break to the trade for CJ McCollum, to the injury with Zion, to the injury with BI. But one thing has been common. I feel like it's been this fan base and how passionate they are for this team and how they're willing to defend it at any blink of an eye. And I feel like Chris has such a huge part of that with what he's doing with spaces. And it's really just nice to see after every game, you're seeing who's on there and, you know, unfortunately, I've not been able to be on as much as I would like to, just based on our post game show responsibilities and two kids at home. But I will say that, you know, I think it's having a huge impact on this fan base right now.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I haven't really had a chance to to look at it too much either. Um, I feel like maybe this offseason, hopefully it'll be a ways from now when the offseason actually begins, but will be something that I take a look at and try to get involved in some of this stuff more. Um, I think it's it's just cool to see some of the new tech. Technological stuff that can organize people and galvanize the group as a fan base. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where, over the last 10 years or so, there's, it's constantly changing. There's always new innovations and new ways to to get people together. So um, I think that's great. I, I I love the the work that he's doing, and um, I can I can kind of sense from him the the point that he made about people. Um, People will 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 criticize New Orleans if you're from here and you're or if you've been living here like we have, but uh, they don't take kindly to people from the outside saying negative stuff, especially when there's a lot of misleading or just not truthful things. So
0: um, I say props to him for the work that, that he's been doing. Let's real quick talk about the basketball side here as a nice win for the Pelicans last night over the Rockets, 130 to 105. And look, right now we talked about this post game show, how you kind of just have to piece this team together and stay afloat until you get your main guys back and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. But it just showed after the last few losses and how tough it's been, these guys really had some fun last night. I think they were kind of letting some of that anger out on the Houston Rockets, which gives you some confidence. I know Tuesday is going to be an extremely tough game against number one seed in the NBA and the Phoenix Suns and what they did to the Los Angeles Lakers last night, which we thank you, Phoenix Suns, for that. But now they become the opponent for Tuesday. But I think last night was just more cathartic, I think, than anything and something much needed for this Pelicans team.
2: Yeah, I used the word therapeutic on the post game show and you used a very similar word just now. Um, I definitely feel that that's the case. I mean, they needed something positive to happen after the last few games where it seems like everything was kind of going in the negative direction with obviously the the starter, that being that you're missing two of your best players. So um, it was, it was a lot of fun to see the guys have so much fun and Jackson Hayes to be running all over the place and getting the crowd pumped up and Jose Alvarado stealing everything. And Jonas just bullying people in the paint. So all around, it was great. And hopefully they can carry that over into the next stretch of games because As we know, every game is important right now. Every game is crucial as
0: far as how it affects the standings. Yeah, Pelicans one game ahead of the Blazers, but tied in the loss column, just the the Blazers have played two less games in New Orleans. Pelicans have 14 games to go, Blazers with 16. And, of course, the Spurs not too far behind as well, just two games back. Um, But we'll see what happens. As we talked about it last night, out of our 14 games left, seven of them are against the Kings, so we're still mathematically in there two against the Spurs, two against the Lakers, and two against the Blazers, so the Pelicans can control basically their own destiny if they take care of business in half of those games at least, and we'll see what happens in the other half. Pelicans and Suns tomorrow at 7 p.m. from the Smoothie King Center. Of course, we'll have it for you on the radio starting at 6.30. Same for Valley Sports New Orleans. but we hope you can make it inside the arena. Should be a fun one. Hopefully, the Pelicans can sneak by and get a big win over the Suns before they hit the road for three games. We'll have another podcast for you on Wednesday. Should be a good one, as... Maybe we'll change our tune a little bit and talk a little March Madness. What players to keep an eye on for this March Madness tournament if you're a Pelicans fan with the immediate draft coming in just a few months. Jim, I appreciate the time. Talk to you on Wednesday, my friend. Sounds good. We'll talk to you Wednesday. All right. Big thanks again to Chris Conner for coming on. Again, make sure you follow him on Twitter at ImpatientBull. Make sure you check out Spaces every time it's available. Just click on the top. You'll see the purple up there and who's in it. And of course, our good friend Antonio Daniels always seems to be stopping by. A really great conversation on there, and Chris uh, continues his show and put out cool work, and um, hopefully he can keep that up with this team as they make a playoff push. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. Until Wednesday, for Chris and Jim, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.